Welcome in to another episode of Restaurant Hoppin. Uh, very special guest in today. He is the executive producer at 1011 News in Lincoln. He is a high school speech coach, but most importantly, at least for the purposes of this podcast, he is the number one fan of the hit YouTube show Hot Ones, which if you haven't watched it, it's spectacular. We'll get into that. Brett Baker, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dan. Glad to be here. So, uh, so for the uninitiated, Hot Ones is a YouTube show on which um, a host brings on celebrities, athletes, actors, rappers, kind of runs a whole gamut, and asks them 10 questions. Before each question, they eat a progressively hotter chicken wing. Now, this premise sounds completely ridiculous, and on its face it is, but it's fun because celebrities, they have this, this veneer that they put on that, you know, this, this, this facade, because they are so well versed in dealing with the media. It's so hard to get them to open up. They usually have very canned answers, but when their mouths are on fire from these chicken wings, they open up a little bit. You get to see their personality. That veneer comes down. Brett, can you maybe just kind of take me into what you love about the show and how you got into doing the power rankings? Uh, for sure. Uh, I think the first thing I love about the show is Sean Evans, the yep. host. Yep. The first episode I saw was um, uh, Key and Peele, mm-hmm. and they were hilarious, but I was immediately taken, Yeah, and this probably comes from my TV broadcasting background, um, by Sean and just how good he was. I'm like, I had never seen or heard from him before, and he was so smooth and so uh, ready and, and, and polished. And, you know, he's handling these guys who are megawatt superstars. And they were, like, probably one of the first really big stars that they landed. Before then, they had – and I went back, and at that point, I think that was their 17th episode. And I binged the previous 16. And and a lot of B and C-list rappers. Hey, now, don't you disrespect Cubs first baseman Anthony Rizzo. Who was the first actual guest. Yeah. Uh, and, Prince, and he wasn't fantastic. No, he wasn't. <laughs> We're being completely honest. Prince Mukamara was like yep. three or four uh-huh. after that, so that was kind of cool. But um, I and then I was taken with the concept. Uh, my dad is a is a pretty well renowned psychologist, so I've grown up, you know, with that kind of like on the fringes, or at least you know, I'm always interested a little bit in it. And I got the psychology of what the show does is exactly what you said is. There's only so much in a sit-down that you're probably ever going to get from a celebrity or somebody like that. So uh, at a certain point for them, though, it becomes a matter of survival. Like, <laughs> how do I get through this and get the hell out of here? Uh-huh. And and when that happens, then they're just thinking, let me just say what I have to say, and, and we'll move on to the next one, and I can be done with it. So it's really just a beautiful concept that, yeah, throws them completely off balance and uh, – you know, allows for these moments, you know, these things to happen, you know, DJ Snake <laughs> walking away crying, there's a human behind these sunglasses, <laughs> um, you know, and Gordon Ramsay having a meltdown. Eric and Andre smashing things on Eric his head. Eric Andre, a force of nature. Bobby Lee, you know, soiling himself. <laughs> like, that happened. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, yeah, and I just I just thought it was wonderful. And so the power rankings just kind of came out, like, many things with Twitter for me. Uh, like, a lot of stuff I do just to amuse myself. Mm-hmm. But I thought also, too, it would be, like, a great way to, like, and at that point, like I said, there's only, like, 17 or 18 guests. So it wasn't really hard to make a top 10 list. You're only going to be leaving eight out. Um, 
So, but I thought, oh, just and let those guys know I appreciate what they're doing. And so Sean liked it and retweeted it. And First We Feast liked it and retweeted it. And it got some positive, you know, buzz from some other folks. And I was like, oh, okay. So I did it the next week. And, and from there, it just kind of gained traction until, you know, the Russell, Brand, Russell Brand incident. Yeah, which then it just kind of went on a different whole level. So for the people who haven't seen the episode, Sean had Russell Brand on a couple of years ago. And... um I don't even remember how it came up necessarily, but Russell Brand was asking about, he, he said something about like, you know, are the, like, does anyone know like who did the best? He said, I'll let you explain. He it. said it in a very English way. So like for non-football fans, and I'm talking about the world version of football, not American football. He said, is there a lead table? Yes. And yes, that's, exactly. the, that's what they call their rankings over there, a lead table. And Sean's like, oh yeah, we have this guy in Lincoln, Nebraska. And so Russell made a little. He started uh, singing. Yeah. Well, no, that the first he, like, he at first he was just like, Brett, I want you to consider me at the perfectly fine level of three, five, seven, mad dog. Yeah. Except he did in his English voice. One thing, by the way, when you live in England and I lived there for three years, I came back and I'm like, I can never do an English accent because there's not really an English accent. There's a million different dialects. Right. And I'm like, nope, I just sound horrible and stupid now. And I know that, so I won't do that anymore. But so he, he gave a little plug there and they had kind of tipped me off that something was going to happen. And they had asked me to record myself mm-hmm. watching the episode. And so I didn't know, but I knew once my phone started blowing up that something was happening. So I, uh, I, I said, well, I don't want to spoil it. So, and then, but on the last level, you know, he asked Sean, what, what do you think Brett Butler's making of all this? And so I was like, <laughs> Brett Baker, Brett, Brett Baker, he's going to lose his mind. Russell then proceeds to improvise a minute and a half song running through all of the sauces. It was amazing. Uh, imploring me to place him high uh, in the rankings. Uh, and it, the great part about it was, was like it happened and, and um, the – Producer of the show had told me, like, he's texting back to New York because they shot it in London. was like, oh, my God, you won't believe what's happening. Russell Brand is just making an ode to Brett Baker. Later, they hired a com- a composer to come in and write the music for that. Oh, wow. So they they got the improvised song, which, of course, is like in a silent room, just like we're in now. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, they, then they, they got a guy to come in and write the music to it. And it became a – and then it just became a thing and it took off to another level. And then Hot Ones – about two years ago, in the summer two years ago of 2017, they hit a million subscribers. Yep. And they fly you out to New York yep. to interview Sean flip Evans. Yeah, you yep. flipped the tables on him June 22nd, 2017. This is a very open-ended question. You can go in whatever direction you want to, but what the heck was that experience like? It was amazing. It was great. Um, you know, they're first-class people. They treated me... Like, you know, there was a guy waiting at the airport to pick me up and take me to my hotel, which is a really nice hotel right near Times Square. Um, but even more than that, I mean, and that's all the, you know, the kind of tangible things. You know, when I showed up at their offices, um, lots of people, like, stopped by, like, and I know Sean, you know, and I know Chris Schoenberger, the producer, and Chris Murphy, the editor at the time. And I knew those guys, you know. 2D at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was meeting them, yeah, in person for the first time. But people would like stop by and we're like, hey, man, we heard you were in. We just want to shake your hand and say, hey, welcome. And and I just look, looked at Sean and he's like, I don't I don't think you really understand what the dynamic here is. You're like kind of revered like this weird, you know, pirate out in cyberspace <laughs> that's, you know, just changing things up. And I'm like, well, I guess. And, but people were so nice. Uh, they uh-huh. made me feel so welcome. And his entire staff, Sarah Honda and everybody there, they're just, they're awesome, awesome people. And uh, and it was easy. I mean, it was, uh, you know, and I and honestly, the funny thing is, is I, had n- I was never a spicy guy. I was mm-hmm. never a hot sauce guy. Um, so th- on the show was the first time I'd ever delved that deep into hot sauce. 
which is very intense once you get to the end there. Yeah. But, but like you mentioned on the episode, you were focused so much on doing a good job there that it didn't completely eat you alive. If you go back and watch it, there are a couple of moments, and I'm sure the show, the producers accentuate it a oh, little yeah. bit, but where you know your face gets a little like, whoa. Yeah, something just hit me. I'm, yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to give it low key, and they didn't know. Yeah, Chris Murphy and Sean, who, who sit down and they edited that 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 episode, they knew. Like you could see it in my face. I'm like, I'm just trying to. Keep it <laughs> but on that, you know, I was doing the interview, so mm-hmm. Sean was the one we wanted to learn more about. Right. So you know, I didn't want my reactions to interfere with with what we were going to get from him. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, I had to kind of try to as best I could keep it on lock. Now, one of the things that makes that show so great is Sean's level of preparation. I mean, this guy, he reads everything, he researches everything, he watches actors, movies, like he know. and the guests so often are just like, man, how did you even know about that? So he's, Sean is so prepared, he's so ironed up, yeah. and all of a sudden you're sitting in Sean's seat. How nervous were you and how much preparation did you go through to get ready for that. I did. I did do hardcore studying for like a month. Um, so, I mean, I and I dug as much as I could. Nervous. I mean, I've been in broadcasting since I was 20, mm-hmm. you know. And so at that point, it was 27 years. So coming up on 30, which is really crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't – the lights and the camera, I've been on that side. So it didn't really bother me that much. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, but just living up to Sean's level of preparedness, right? No, I felt definite pressure to do that, and so I, and I think I did that. I yeah. think you know, I think we we had a pretty good time, and, and I, I would think agree. folks learned some stuff about Sean that they didn't know. So, and I love the way that you incorporated you know other Hot Ones fans. You asked for Twitter questions and stuff like that. I thought that was that was fantastic. Um, what is maybe the most misunderstood thing about Hot Ones or the thing about Hot Ones that upon actually being a part of that experience, you realized that you didn't know before? I think the one thing, and and Sean reacts about this quite often and correctly, I believe, uh, is people think it's about eating the wings. Mm -hmm. And it's not. It's about answering the questions because at its core, it's an interview show. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear a good interview, especially from people who, you know, you're interested in or who like, you know, people who are kind of like starting to make that climb up the the fame ladder. Uh, I want to know a little bit more. Um, Eating the wings is I'm I'm almost more impressed with like Kristen Bell. Like she just killed it. Yeah, she was awesome. And had a great conversation. Um, and, and I think we, you know, we learned and she opened up and she's, you know, talking about Dax and, yep. and their life. And, and, and I thought that was fantastic. Um, you know, conversely though, it is, it's fun to watch somebody just, you know, completely lose melt it down. and melt like Shaq who, you know, <laughs> and I, you know, I covered the Spurs for, for 11 years. So I've, you know, met and talked to Shaq more than a few times uh-huh. and he is, he is a legitimate great dude, but it's crazy to see somebody that big, that strong, that legendarily powerful, Kind of like me. Be reduced. Oh, my. Exactly. Uh, this, what 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 have I stepped into? Terry um, Crews is another great one. Terry Crews. Along yeah. those lines. And he cried, yep. Uh-huh. No, and I mean, yeah, and these guys are tough, tough guys. And, you know, Sean's kind of got them on the ropes. Uh, my favorite parts, though, are like when somebody's like losing their mind over uh, a sauce. And Sean just keeps powering through to ask yes. his questions. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get this question asked. Whether you answer it or not, I'm going to get it out there. Uh, those, that's always one of my favorite moments when he just like, no, we're, we're going to get this done. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you touched on this a little bit, but, and I think most people probably have a pretty good perception of it. But what is Sean like off camera? 
I think he's very much the same, and I yeah. think that's I think that's one of the things that makes him resonate with folks so much is because he is authentic. Um, he is who he is, you know, on the camera. He's he's a Midwestern guy like us. Uh, I think he's. Uh, uh, very sincere. I think he's one of those guys that in high school could have. You remember that Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh yeah. When the secretary tells Mr. Rooney that he's loved by everybody, the sportos, the dweebs, the metalheads, you know all that stuff. I think Sean is, is that Ferris guy. Bueller. I think he could have legitimately sat at any table in the lunchroom and been accepted and welcomed and appreciated uh, on uh, the same amount by everybody mm-hmm. because that's just kind of he's just that kind of guy. He's got that kind of personality. And I think that's what makes a show work so well. He can interview Scarlett Johansson, and then he can interview Jimmy Butler, an NBA star, and then he can interview you know a rapper that ninety gun Kelly. Yeah, ninety five percent of the population has no idea who it is, but he resonates with all these people, and he finds a way to connect with them. And I think that's a huge part of what makes a show work. For sure. Um, I'm gonna spring this one on you a little bit, <laughs> but you do the power ranking, so I'm confident that you're you'll be able to to go along with this. Okay. But with the power rankings. Guests get graduated after a while, right. or else the same ones would just yeah, stay at the top all the time. Yep. So I'm going to ask you to give me your top three favorite episodes. Not not even necessarily you think they were the best guest or right. they had the best reaction, but your personal three favorites that you could just watch again and again and again. Uh, I think number one, and I would because he's been on twice because he had to redeem himself. Uh, Eddie Huang uh, from. Uh, uh, Fresh off the boat fame, uh-huh. you know. Uh, I think his interviews were fantastic. Yep. I felt smarter after listening to him talk. Uh, I think he's, I think he's an incredibly sharp guy. I think he, you know he's going to rule an empire one day. So his episodes, I would just kind of merge into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say Eddie Huang. Um, obviously Russell Brand. I yeah. mean, I, <laughs> there's no way to not have bias there. And there, it was a fantastic interview anyway. Like it really he's just was. a really, really interesting was. person. He really was. Um, and then, uh, boy, it's it's a it's a three way battle probably between Burt Kreischer, uh, Bobby Lee, and Eric Andre. I mean, those are all some like original OGs. But uh, the Eric Andre just for spectacle, yes, is amazing. Uh, he and he and he had shared some pretty good anecdotes too. So I would say those three probably. Would be my my three. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with my top three too. Okay. So might be a little recency bias with a couple of these, but one that I just love is Rachel Ray. She was great. She was amazing. Hundred percent. She's great about talking about food, and at the end, like her mouth is on fire, so she just starts talking like really fast, but she's trying to power through it. Like she's such a champ. And people are like, "This is one of the things you tried to ding her while she didn't eat the chicken." Dudes, I'm sorry, but putting hot sauce straight on a spoon and eating it off the right. spoon is way tougher than putting it on chicken because at least you have the, the meat to dilute it a little bit. Yes. No, she was just getting straight She's fire. mainlining it, basically. Yes, 100%. No, she was a great episode, too. Um, Idris Elba. Really strong. A month yeah. or two ago. He was awesome. Just a very good personality. And then <laughs> when he asks who invented the show, and they're like, oh, that's Chris Schoenberger. He's actually right over there. Idris looks at him and goes, you fight? <laughs> he wanted to fight him because <laughs> the wings were so hot. That was fantastic. And then super recency bias, but it was just so fantastic. I love the Shia LaBeouf episode. It was it just was really so it was weird. Yes. He's such a just a weird dude. And of course, you know, he puts extra sauce on every wing. Amazing. He, tell, he tells a story about like naked wrestling Tom <laughs> Hardy. Just like 
He's so just Off crazy. Yeah. And his his reaction, the funny thing is like his reaction on the first question, uh, I think it's probably like the mood of many guests. Like Sean gives these wonderfully written and rehearsed, you know, like polished uh, intros uh-huh. and the first question. And, and he was like, uh, you're going to have to ask me again because I was just kind of like lost in what you were saying because that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it was just true. I mean, that's like, okay, that that's a real reaction because I've definitely felt that before watching. Um, so, yeah, he was great too. So you mentioned that when you went in and did the episode, that was your first time taking down the quote-unquote wings of death. <laughs> yeah. But you've gotten the sauces. You've done it several times since then. We've done it yep. once, one time together. You can just, you know, go out to – well, not everywhere, but – Sometimes you can go out to a local wing place and they'll even let you do it in yeah. the in the restaurant. Um, do you have any tips for people who want to take on this challenge or who you know are interested in living the hot ones experience? How do you survive once you get to those last ones? The I think the secret is, and I kind of this is what I did when I was on the show is um, don't feel the need. It's not a speed thing. Nope. It, you know, like the show is generally condensed to a twenty five minute version. But Sean and I's conversation lasted for an hour and 45 minutes. Uh-huh. A lot of that was because we were just having a good back and forth. But a lot of it, too, was strategic by me thinking, okay, I'm not going to go on to the next one until my mouth stops <laughs> burning. Uh, so I just like, give a little quick little follow-up and, and just stretch it out. Just like, okay, I feel fine. All right, let's move on to Wing 7. Uh, and so, yeah, I would say that would be the secret is if you want to do it um, – yeah, finish one and and let that burn kind of subside uh, before tackling the next one. Because I think, yeah, if you went 7, 8, 9, 10 in five minutes, that would be pretty punishing. We actually, so we did this at my workplace probably two or three years ago. We got all the sauces. We had like seven or eight of us that were, we went out and got, you know, 100 wings from B-dubs or whatever and put the sauce on. We're like, we're going to do this. And I'd done it once before. So I knew, yeah, once you get to those last couple wings, it builds yeah. fast. And so, you know, they're just like everyone on the show. They eat the first couple, and they're like, oh, this is nothing. This is easy. And, I mean, they're like pounding wings, like eating one. They're like, all right, you guys ready for the next one? It's like, no, wait. And no, <laughs> yes. they're just like, no, let's just pound ahead. And, yeah, so then we get to the end, and by the last couple, everyone's just like screaming and running around the room, and it just pure insanity. But can you put into words for listeners – how diabolical and terrible the bomb is. Uh, that, I like that, that is sauce number eight. I, yes, exactly. And it's not even close to being uh, you know, one of the higher Scoville levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like 118,000, something like that. Um, I liken it to uh, having a mouthful of uh, Brillo pads and batteries. <laughs> Because that might is, be kind. It's it's just so awful, and I don't know what they do. Uh, there is zero redeeming quality mm-hmm. to it. It is uniquely horrible in its awfulness. I mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's oh God. It just it it's the only time during the thing, and I've probably done it. I don't know because now it's like my party trick. People are like, hey, bring the sauce over. Okay, great. Uh, I've probably done it upwards of thirty times now. Yeah, and. And that one is always just like, why am I doing this again? Uh-huh. This, it's that bad. It's, yeah. It's just the worst. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there are hotter sauces on the show, whether you're talking a Mad Dog 357, the Blair's Mega Death sauce, uh, now, you know, Hot Ones has their own Last Dab sauces. Yeah. Like, those are technically hotter. Correct. But they have flavor. Right. So they actually taste good. And so it's like, okay, my mouth's on fire, but at least it's happy. 
Right. With the bomb, it's pain. Th- there's no happiness. Yeah, yeah, it's just all pain, and you're just like suffering. This isn't yep. good. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst. So you mentioned before that you were never like a big hot sauce guy before going on the show. I imagine that's changed to some extent. And I've seen, you know, you've, I know you're a fan of uh, Queen Majesty. Oh, I've, yeah. I, she's great. Yeah. I've her seen, stuff is awesome. seen you talk about her. But I guess what is your like hot sauce strategy when you buy hot sauces now? How do you try and determine what's good, what's worth trying? Well, you know, one of the side benefits of this that was unexpected, but it's really people send me a lot of stuff. Oh, really? So I don't really have to ask uh, or buy anymore. That's awesome. Um, there's a, and I'm, I'll, I'll get it here in, in a couple, I'm sure a week or so. Uh, some folks from England have a company and they're making some new stuff and they reached out to me and it's really weird. They're, they're manufacturing, like where the sauce is made uh-huh. is about uh, 20 miles from where I was stationed when I was in the Air Force and stationed in England. Uh, so it was like very kind of like weird full circle, but um, yeah. So people send me stuff, and I and I now I have like way more on my shelf than I will probably ever use in my <laughs> lifetime. So I don't there I don't really have, it's I don't have to buy it. You know, you kind of uh-huh. like a jerk, but yeah, I don't have to buy it anymore because people send me enough stuff to keep me stocked. Well, so. I am very jealous of that because I I personally love hot sauces, and that just sounds magical to just get free ones all the time. <laughs> That's incredible. So. I love having people on the show, and usually when I when I reach out to a guest and they say, yeah, sure, I'll come on, I, I send out a couple of questions. I've got a couple of things that I'm like, okay, here's what we might talk about. Here's something to prepare for. What was awesome about reaching out to you is you said, yeah, sure, I'll, you know, I'll prepare for that. But then you came back at me, and you were <laughs> like, you know what? I've got an idea as well that I think we should hit on. So you suggested that we talk about we each pick three Nebraska restaurants that are deceased now. They've yep. closed their doors. They're 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 done. And if we could resurrect them and bring them back, what would those three restaurants be? So I think we should we should go back and forth here, play a little ping All pong right. match. Go ahead, lead us off. Where is All one right. place you would bring back? Do we want to do we want to start at three and then like work our way up? I kind of did rank them that way. Let's start at three. Yes. Okay. So let's see here. All right. Uh, number three for me, and this is, uh, I, I, boy, I don't even know if you would have been around to see this. So there was a, uh, and I don't know if they were a big chain or not, but there was a burger joint in Lincoln in the eighties and early nineties called Waldo's, hmm. um, which was really good. They kind of had like the bright neon fluorescent pink and greens and fifties kind of thing going. Um, but they made really, really great hamburgers. Uh, and so Waldo's was one that was like, there was, uh. I think there's like two or three in Lincoln, and they were great. And then by the time I got through the Air Force and, and moved back, you know, to the states, uh, they were they were deceased. So Waldo's would be one I would definitely resurrect. Fair enough. Um, I had a place that I went to in Lincoln a couple of years ago. It was called Oso Burrito. Oh yeah, they're yes. great. Yes, I and I I only went one time. I went there and I absolutely loved it. That like it was in my opinion, better than Chipotle, better than Qdoba, better than the chains. Yep. And I was so sad because, you know, I go to places and I I tweet about it and everything, sure. and everybody comes back at me and they're like, well, I hope you enjoyed it because it's closing in a month. <laughs> and I was just like, no, I just had this. Right. You can't close on me. So Oso burrito, just massive burritos with rice and carnitas and guac. Oh, just that one time, I still remember it, and I 
I miss it. They're very close to a, a place, a chain in Texas called Freebirds. Oh, I love Freebirds. Yeah, I thought they were pretty close to that. Mm-hmm. And I am a big Freebirds fan too. So yeah, that that was definitely missed when when they shuttered their doors. Mm-hmm. That the the loss has been softened a bit because now I've discovered Burrito Envy here in Omaha, which is fantastic. But yeah, still miss so so. So what's your number two? Number two, uh, a Lincoln landmark. Um, and it will, yeah. I'll never, I'll never change my peel pears. Yep, I was uh, expecting that. You know, I, I think there's so much that you know. My youth, you know, come, you know, just growing up and like, oh, your first times, you're like, oh, I can go out and spend my own money, be with mm-hmm. my own friends in my own place. And I just remember, you know, Burger Madness on Sundays because like you go get a great deal, and the burgers were amazing. And it was this weird, crazy, eclectic place that had movie props and memorabilia from all over the world. Uh, and all, I always thought, if you were in here during an earthquake, it would be really bad because all that stuff is going to come down from the ceiling and we're all going to die. Right, yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, but yeah, no, I just, like, you order at those giant lips at the front. Uh, it was just, it was an iconic stop in Lincoln for so many years. And, you know, then poof, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just kind of the way it goes. That is a place that I've heard so much about. I never had the chance to go. I think it was probably around when I was young. But just never, never knew about it. Definitely didn't appreciate it or anything. And that's one of my regrets because you are not the only person who said that. Like I was kind of expecting you to say it because everybody tells me, yeah, P.O. Pairs, that was the place. And it's there's places like that where it's just like, man, what happened? Why? Right. Well, I mean, the guy, had, I remember when he, when, he, when he called it, he had tried to sell it like as is. Oh, yeah. And he could not get anybody to bite on that, um, which seems a shame to me. Although now that I think about it, like the way that the Haymarket in that area has grown, it probably would still be like on the fringe. It's just far enough mm-hmm. away that it's kind of out of that loop. I mean, it's growing out that way, which is good. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know that the situation would be a lot different than like because Red Nine is out where we came and they didn't have a very long run. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number two, Duggar's Cafe. Here in Omaha, uh, I closed a few years ago. It was a breakfast spot, um, just a family breakfast spot in the. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking. Um, I think it was in the Dundee area, but yeah, just nice little mom and pop place. Fantastic. I mean, you you ordered a meal, and then you like you get like an omelet or something. An omelet's huge. It's enough to take down your appetite, and then you get a side of hash browns. It's like a meal unto itself. And then you get a pancake that comes with it that's like a manhole cover. Ah, <laughs> oh, that place was, it was glorious and it, it's gone. And there are other great breakfast places in, in, in Omaha, but uh, Duggars will hold a special place in my heart. For sure. You're number one. Number one. Um, well, this occupies a space that you're familiar with, but you don't remember in its previous incarnation, I'm sure. The Branch Oak Inn. Okay. Uh, I grew up in Malcolm, Nebraska. At least, well, I moved there when I was 12, but I just, I'm from Malcolm. Uh, and the Branch Oak Inn was the center point of town. It was the, you know, after football games and basketball games, you could, you know, you know your parents are going to be there and you go down and get 20 bucks from them and go with your buddies and eat and you play some video games and hang out and um, just great, great food. They made this one burger called the BOI, the Branch Oak Inn, mm-hmm. but it was this great patty, sauteed mushrooms, uh, shaved ham, uh, uh, French, um, uh, what do you call the French onion like type bun? So like it had the you know the little French onion yeah, bits yeah, burned yeah. into it. 
Um, and I know that they had this Oju that probably like started in the seventies that they would just, you know, kind of just keep bleeding, you know, new stuff into as they took stuff out. Right. Uh, and it just had this really deep kind of rich flavor. Um, uh, but yeah, the branch stoke in, in its glory days was, was, you know, such a touchstone and I, you know, I still coach out at Malcolm. So I would still like for that to be there, but again, nothing lasts forever. Oh, small worlds colliding <laughs> here. My place, it, it comes with an asterisk, but it's also in Malcolm. And I hope that in, you know, a month, six months, whatever it is, that this is no longer the case. But as currently constituted, Lippy's Barbecue is... The same building. Yep, it's the same building. Uh, It is... That's crazy. It's temporarily closed. Um, I I discovered Lippy's, gosh, probably five or six years ago, and it it was just run out of, like, a trailer, basically. Just a guy and his wife. He was out on the smoker. She was at the cash register. And just made the best ribs, cornbread that was like cake, uh, jalapeno poppers wrapped with bacon, like everything about that place I absolutely loved. I think I probably took 50 or 60 people there over the years. And every time people would just say, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. And, you know, it was just such a small place. They ended up moving into the bigger location. Unfortunately, um, the owner has undergone some some health problems lately so the restaurant's temporarily closed obviously the most important thing is that he you know gets back on his feet physically and hopefully he's all right but uh if that does come to pass i would love to see lippies reopen because yeah that that was my place that was the first place it was always a life goal of mine to walk in somewhere and have the people (laughs) recognize me and be like the usual and that happened there i walked in and and uh and the owner's wife looks at me and goes Half rack of ribs and cornbread, right? It's just like, yes, this is so <laughs> great. So yeah, I miss Lippies. Yeah, they, uh, you know, their sides, uh, their beans were amazing. Mm-hmm. They, With tasted, brisket in uh, them, it, unlike anything I'd ever had anywhere else. And I also like the cowboy uh, caviar, yep. which is really good too. It's very uh, tangy. It's got the vinegar and the oil in there, and it's just really great. Uh, yeah, that's and and again, it's in the same space. So and they, for the town, I think it was great. To have that back open again and have that kind of little focal point that people could center around. Uh, so yeah, I hope I hope things get better and they they're able to open the doors again and, and get that rolling again because it was definitely a big part of our community. Right. All right, Brett. This has been fantastic. But before I let you out of here, I gotta ask you, what is your I got you restaurant? So for new listeners to the show, this is if you have you know, a friend coming in from out of town, family member coming in from out of town, and they're going to be here for one day. And they say, look, I love food. I need you to show me, like, what's the spot in Omaha? And you respond, I got you. We're going to blank. Where are we going? All right. Well, in Lincoln, uh, it was really between two places, but I settled on the engine house Mm. uh, because I thought it was pretty cool for breakfast. Breakfast place, yeah. yeah. Breakfast place. The engine house for breakfast. Uh, It's in an old fire station. It's in Havelock, which is an older neighborhood in Lincoln, which is pretty cool. Uh, They always do a great job. They're always very friendly. The other one I would, you know, kind of like, asterisk there would be Woody's out on Westo uh-huh. uh, in a kind of nondescript strip mall, but great, great meals there. It's a really, really good restaurant. The thing I love about Engine House is like you see all these like new breakfast brunch places now. And I, I, I like these places a lot, but they're coming out with like cinnamon roll pancakes yeah, and yeah. everything has like candied bacon on it and everything. That stuff is great. But Engine House is just like classic 
diner, greasy spoon. Yep. Here's eggs and hash browns and toast and sausage, and it's just it's going to be delicious. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. For lunch, I'm going to go with bison witches. Ooh, uh, yeah. I think that's it's a it's you know it's kind of local. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if there are any other bison witches. I don't believe so. Yeah, so it, it's definitely local, uh, and it's in you know a really kind of cool hub spot of town. You know they've really done a lot to right in the improve, heart of downtown. Yeah, Peace Street there, and, and it's got that weird light column outside, which uh-huh. is cool. But uh, yeah, I love yeah, just like you can grab a sandwich and a cup of soup there, and you know they're always going to be money. Mm-hmm. And then dinner. Dinner. Uh, I'm gonna go with Lead Belly. Yes. Which you know I think um, you you know it's so it it it's just kind of like tucked into the Haymarket. Uh-huh. And I don't want to say it's like it's for in the know people, but I think people in Lincoln who like really want a, a good you know dining experience and like it's it's not ostentatious, it's not over the top, but they are pushing some boundaries, mm-hmm. which I think are really cool and fun uh, as a diner to to be able at least, you know, okay, I can entertain the idea on the menu, uh, if I'm even if I'm not going to do it or whatever, but it's there. Uh, so I would say I, I would, yeah, Lead Belly, because it's location in the Haymarket, it's historic, and the food is just really great. Have you had the full leaded jacket? I've not. It's like one of those things out there. <laughs> because honestly, I think I like, see that and I'm like, well, I need to have that when I have nothing else to do for the rest right. of the day because all I'm going to want to do is take a nap. So for anyone who doesn't know, the full leather jacket, it's a burger, and I'm using quotation marks with my fingers <laughs> right now. It's a burger between like a cinnamon roll cut in half, and then they top the whole thing with uh, chili and then like a cheese sauce and jalapenos. It's an absolute mess. You cannot pick it up and eat it. It's definitely a knife and forker. I have had it once. It's disgusting in all the right ways. It should not exist. It should not be a thing. You should definitely not order it if you value your health. But it's kind of like I wear that like a badge of honor now. I yeah. did it. I ate the full leather jacket. So anyway, that is a great list. Yeah. I love it. Well, thanks. Yeah, this was a lot of fun, Brett. Thank well, you wait, so much. You were going to ask me the last meal on earth. We can, yeah, we can do that too. All I, right, I, I spent time on this. Okay, Dan. okay, I'm, you gave it to me. I'm I sorry. did my mental, uh, my mental work. I'm trying to respect your time, but let, oh, no, let's no, keep going. Good. So, okay, last meal on earth in Nebraska. So, concept here: an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert from three Nebraska restaurants. Could be all from the same restaurant, but if you knew that this was your last meal, you're after this, you're done. done. You're yeah. out. What are you having? All right, for my appetizer, going to hop, Hopcat for the pretzel the cr- nuggets. Oh, I thought you were going to say crack fries. No, the pretzel nuggets oh, because they okay. come with this horseradish sauce that just instantly always clears like the yep. back of my sinuses, mm-hmm. and it it's just it's really unique. It's really good. So the pretzel nuggets from Hopcat would be my uh, my uh, my appetizer for the entree. I'm going to 24 ounce porterhouse uh, with beer battered onion rings, garlic mashed potatoes from the 801 Chop House. Okay. Uh, I've I've been to the one in Denver. Uh, the, it's insane. Yeah. Like if you like meat, that is the place to go. It's it's crazy, but it's uh, also like worth it. It's so good. Uh, and then finally, this is a little bit of a cheat. I'm going to go to Ivana Cone, but I'm going to have the Warm Cookie Company deliver cookies to me there and then order some sweet cream vanilla oh. ice cream and, and put it all in a bowl with some, some cho- chocolate chip cookies from Warm Cookie Company. You just changed the game. I'm just saying. Can, can we I, like, can we get those two places to partner up? They're like 
six blocks away from each right? other. Let's make this happen. All right, we'll do it. Sounds incredible. <laughs> okay, is there anything else that I'm trying to rush and I for I nope, asked you about? No, okay. it's a good conversation. It's good stuff. You know, I was like hanging with you. Yeah, this is fantastic, Brett. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you everyone for listening to uh, this episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'll see you next time. A Parkville Media Production.